Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hello, Chris. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Oh, all's well. All's well. I'm, uh, I'm excited because it's uh, is it Patreon week. It's Patreon week here at what the Star that? Trek Minute. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Patreon week. We've actually got uh, a, a guest with us this week. It's uh, Kevin from Austin. One of our uh, uh, loyal patrons, Patreons, I know yes. what to call them. Yeah. So, yeah. Welcome, Kevin. <laughs> Hello. Happy to be here. And I uh, like your uh, weird Freudian slip of saying all's whale at the beginning there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whales on uh, the yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, good, good. Yeah. Ke- Kevin, uh, happy to happy to have you. And uh, looking forward to, uh, we've got some, uh, we're kind of in the final the final week of minutes. I think we've only got like three or four left. So this is a, yeah, a some good minutes, idea. some good stuff here. In film school, we call this the denouement of the the movie. There you Ooh. go. Fancy Dropping some knowledge on us. Mm-hmm. Just See, the back, climax we're... has happened. The story is done, and now we're just the pieces are kind of scattering to the wind. Now All right. With that, mad. we are we are on minute number one thirteen. One thirteen. One thirteen. And this minute starts with Kirk watching Dr. Jillian walk away and ends with Spock about to give Sarek a message. This is a cliffhanger minute, guys. Mm. What do you think he's about to tell his dad? It, it, like, I, I don't think we could say that on the air, can we? I know, yeah. It's cut so perfectly. Uh, and I'm, I'm just waiting with bated breath. This is where they would cut it on a reality show before going to the commercial. Right, you know, yeah. <laughs> what's your message for your mother? He takes a breath and then, well... I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Can I just say, because you just actually, uh, one of the things I hate about reality TV when they do do that mm-hmm. is when they come back from commercial, they don't just jump right to the answer. They have to like replay the last 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, that drives me up the wall. It's a waste of time. I'm I watching, I mean, I avoid, you know, reality shows whenever possible when I'm watching Lego Masters. And, <laughs> you know, whenever you watch it without the commercials, then you just get that back to back. And it's so frustrating. So, exactly. So that's, that's so funny that you bring that up because I actually just saw Chris yesterday <laughs> and we watched Lego Masters. Hey, there you go. Do a little binging. And, and, yeah. And they totally, um, and they totally do that. Like, yeah, they have the Will Arnett thing where he would say, you know, and then they go into the the replay of you know whatever explosion or whatever was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a uh, I'm a huge Lego fan, and I was actually in touch with a casting director for Lego Masters, and it didn't go very far. But there's a parallel universe where instead of uh, talking about whales and Star Trek, I'm making and breaking Lego stuff. But I would much rather be here. Oh, we're gonna we get, we need to put a pin in that. We'll talk, maybe we should maybe we should have you yes. on our weekend show and we can talk oh, about yes. Lego because that oh, sounds please, yes yeah that would be amazing. Oh, I, yeah, that would be an awesome discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I are both lovers of the Lego, so oh, awesome! Everyone, tune in on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about here? So here we go. So this this is Spock and Sarek. Um, uh, I, I, I like this line, you know, Sarek is like, I'm returning to Vulcan. I would like to take my leave of you. <laughs> like it's such a, I mean, Vulcans are so formal and so 
but right. it's such a weird way of saying i just i just want to say goodbye before i left but i, I yeah. i'd like to take my leave of you yeah i leave within the hour i mean the vulcans are vulcans are like that that's how they roll they, they're having this father and son conversation the world nearly died they nearly died and they're standing like at a distance where they could not reach out and touch each other even if they wanted to it reminds me of my dad it's great <laughs> okay um <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, that was the one thing I noticed is that they – so this is like a perfectly symmetrical shot where mm-hmm. you have the two guards, you have the doors in the middle, and then you have Sarek and Spock on one side. But the one thing I did notice, and you pointed out, is how far away they are. They're not like close to each other. There's no like familial love there, even though we know that there is totally familial love there. Mm-hmm. They're just not showing it, and that's proper Vulcan etiquette. Yeah, to not to not show that. You're right. That's a nice composition. You've got Kirk hanging out back there in the cut. Uh, you know, breaking the symmetry a bit. So it's a it's an interesting visual shot to look at. And yeah, that's that's how Vulcans are. And I think this is the. I mean, these two actors have had a whole career of playing mm-hmm. these characters, and they do such a great job of. It, it's very touching, uh, but it's fully fully Vulcan. Like that's that's just how they operate. I've been thinking about this scene a lot, and this is like the culmination of the, the climax of their relationship. And I was, and I think it goes all the way back to the original series and to the, the first time we see Sarek and Amanda and Journey to Babel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we know we know there's tension there that Sarek didn't want Spock to join Starfleet, wanted to go to the Vulcan Academy, whatever it was, and it didn't get resolved in that episode. And I. I, I think this is the, this is it. This is the, this is the time we see that reconciliation here where you actually Sarah, you know, admits it. And I may have made a mistake or bad judgment or, um, am I, am I mistaken that this is, this is it. This is kind of the concluding that arc or if we see, if Thanks we see that up because, Yeah. As I watched this, I was trying to remember what the past was of Sarah, uh, not wanting him in Starfleet. And I could only remember the 2009 movie that has, you know, right. that Sarek, uh, right, yeah. doubts about it. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, uh, if people are watching discovery, they revisit it again in discovery. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's here. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, the only, the only question I had is, okay, if you guys agree that, yeah, this is, this is it. Like, this is him finally saying, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, they seem to be wrapping it up. And he's like, your friends, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty all right. And there's, there's longstanding Hollywood tradition of, you know, kids going out and pursuing a line of work that their parents don't want them to. It's normally joining the circus and not Starfleet, but I guess Spock is a nerd like that. Um, what, what, Oh, I was just going to say, Chris. Uh, you know, I was—I I find that—I I find that fascinating that he—he he does say he's like it's possible that my judgment was incorrect, but he has worked with Starfleet for many years. Yeah, he was so there. If he didn't—if he didn't like Starfleet, I just—why would he not want his son to go into Starfleet? I don't mm. know if it's—I don't know if it's so much as been that he didn't like Starfleet, just he didn't like his or son's he, choice. Or it was right. just he thought Spock should have been a lawyer. Right. <laughs> yeah, ex- I think it's exactly that. Like the Vulcan Science Academy was his other uh, possible outcome, right? Right. So right. yeah, just wanted his kids to uh, kid to go into the family business, you know. 
didn't want him off gallivanting around. But you're totally right. I mean, he's standing on the premises of Starfleet where he is in an official capacity while he's like, eh, I didn't think too much of Starfleet. So yeah. maybe pick a time, pick a better time and place. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. So my thinking was, why didn't this kind of conversation happen off screen? You know, either at the beginning of the voyage home or, you know, at the, at the end of search for Spock is, you know, Spock is back, right? We just see him for right. a, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. He's live and, you know, that's been established. And then we cut into the voyage home and now he's been on Vulcan for a few months. He's, you know, being retrained and everything. Eric didn't have that opportunity then to say, man, I'm glad you're not dead. And, you know, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to, or, or maybe at that time he was probably like, see, this is why I didn't well, want didn't you to join the universe Starfleet. then. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say, but maybe he was still ticked off at yeah. See, if you hadn't joined Starfleet, like I said, you wouldn't have died and kind of come back. So I, I guess the it... precipitating event was saving the entire world. You know, just just coming back from the death from death was not enough. Well, I find is I find the line "Your associates are people of good character" very. Um, uh, I don't know if it's out of place because he basically in search for Spock, he basically blasts Kirk. You know, how mm-hmm. could you do this? How could you do this to my son? You know, he, he gave it to you and this whole business of the Katra and, and all that stuff. And then they go and to your point, Chris, again, at the end of search for Spock, you know, Sarek is there and, you know, why couldn't they, why couldn't this conversation have taken place? Because I think there he showed Kirk and company show their people of good character that they risk their lives, their careers, everything to bring him back. Right. And then on top of that, oh, we're going to save Earth and potentially, you know, everyone else. Sarek has high standards. He does. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, ironic since Sarek's other son is this cut up weirdo hippie living in the desert. So yeah, I, know, this, I know this would be the, the high achieving son. And he's still like, eh, good job. I might have been wrong. I'm not familiar with the character you're referring to. Oh, you will be. <laughs> um the other the other question i had here was uh you know sarah said i was you know most impressed with your performance in this crisis Mm -hmm. and is he talking about do you think sarah is talking about the events of this movie or is he going all the way back to the events of wrath of khan where he sacrificed himself to save a ship full of people and do you think he's just being very near just like thanks for saving us from the whales or saving the whales I would think it's I, I would think it's this movie, this crisis. That was a different crisis. I mean, it's been like a trilogy of crises <laughs> that he's gotten through. So, I guess he was pretty passive in Star Trek Three. Just got born and you know, yeah, yeah, had yeah. Sexy he used to times life, in the cave. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do much. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that. Right. <laughs> Deeply. I think that was. I think that was the episode title for our podcast that time. It was sexy time. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, okay. And so, so the other one, so obviously I had a lot of questions about this minute. Cause it just, mm-hmm. it, it seems for, for just, you know, a minute of conversation between Spock and Sarah, it still seems like there's a lot here to unpack. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, so the other question I had is, is this, this is the completion also of this arc of Spock right in that mm-hmm. well maybe it's really i should save it for the next minute because we still don't know what spock's answer is here right right and it but but this has all been kind of this has all been building up over at least the last three movies right yes. with rathacon yeah. and, 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 and 
right? So it's kind of this evolution of Spock, and um, and I would maybe argue too that there was there's stuff going on in, in the motion picture, but we haven't covered that one yet. Um, that is a good point, and that he like this. Uh, oh gosh, we should just talk about it next minute. But yeah, his answer to this question is going to not only wrap up uh, his character arc for this movie, but his character arc for three movies. Then let, let's save it then. All right, sorry. all right. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote down epic cliffhanger at the end, so <laughs> I have no further thoughts <laughs> in my notes. So the whole movie, one thing we've we've talked about is that Kirk has been trying to, he's been trying to get Spock to remember. He's like, I'm Jim, you know, your friend Jim. Yeah. And then finally, in the closing minutes, he he finally he he accepts. He's like, he's like, they are my friends. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I feel like that's you know the touching moment. And then and then you get Sarek's, uh Vulcan emotionless response. Mm, yes, of course. Like, right? Just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess if that's who you want to roll with. Again, <laughs> high standards for my kids. <laughs> yeah, my, my my other son not so good. So I just want you to to be the best possible son. Or he's like known all along. I was like, of course, of course, they're your friends. I just needed you to figure that out yourself. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, See the struggle <laughs> and the journey. Layers. They were there all along. That's great. <laughs> um, I did want to briefly. I mean, you surely talked about it in the previous minutes, uh, like leading up to this, but just the Star Wars quantity of aliens in the in the room that they're standing in. Oh yeah, uh, in the team oh, prayer. Yeah. I just Delicious. I love it. This is like the most, uh, and and I, it's relevant to this minute because the room that they're in even looks straight out of the Death Star. Like they just went to the Star Wars playbook when they were production designing everything that happens in this room. Oh yeah, this is totally the cantina scene. Mm-hmm. There's with, even China doll aliens. There's aliens yes. with just big China doll heads. It's incredible. So good. Are there guards in the Death Star? There should be. There absolutely should be. Yeah, yeah. But I dig it. Uh, it I get, you know, you said the Death Star. And of course, now I'm, you know, we are now in a post, uh, what, Rise of Skywalker era, oh, yeah. right? It's hit the streets. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of white or like inverted Death Star scenery in that one, right? Like, you know, Death yes. Star, you generally see all the, uh, you know, the black or gray walls with the, with you know, the white lights and stuff. But we had a lot of that inverted in, uh, at least in like, with Kylo Ren's bedroom, whatever it was, <laughs> everything was white, right? Yeah. It was all white, and, uh, which I loved. Um, and that's what's evoke this. That's what this scene is evoking for me. Uh, is, mm-hmm. is that, yeah, but, hasn't, uh, but hasn't Starfleet always been sterile? Like everything been clean, you know? Yeah. It's uniform. Things aren't generally scuffed in it. Yeah. Like, I think oh, that yeah. was one of the differences. Like people always pointed out like, you know, Star Wars is the ragtag band of, you know, they barely have ships to fly and they're all dirty and dusty and gross. And, you know, here we have these pristine Starfleet, you know, every, you know, Kirk and, you know, uh, Ratha Khan, you know, takes out the handkerchief and wipes down the uh, the control panel to make sure that there's no dust on it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, almost, I, in Star Wars, it's used as a differentiating factor. The good guys are, are scruffy. Uh, right. Yeah. Scruffy looking nerf herders and the bad guys are are super crisp and clean. And uh, I wouldn't say it's exactly the opposite uh, here, but you know, Klingons don't have the best uh, <laughs> cleanliness standards <laughs> uh, compared, to, compared to Starfleet. 
you guys are making me nervous now, <clears throat> right? Because I'm looking at you know <laughs> Sarah, Sarah and Spock are standing in front of this you know marbled you know marbled staircase and the you know this mm-hmm. it, it's all it, everything's very clean and just so. And so, are you saying now that there's some tie-ins? If we're are we saying the Starfleet and the Empire have got some overlap here? Is that what you're alluding to? That there's a should so we be worried right about now, Starfleet? As we speak, I'm working my way through. Um, uh, Deep Space Nine for the first time. I've never seen it all the way through, and I'm going through it. And what's yeah, I'm finally, you know, I've, I've escaped the first couple of seasons, and there's some really good episodes. And one of the things that it does so effectively is to undercut the utopian notion of uh, what Starfleet is that we learned from the Next Generation. And it's like, no, maybe all this perfect utopian colonial socialist stuff has uh, a downside to it, and it kind of questions those assumptions that starfleet is always going to do the right thing which picard has picked up on uh as well so oh yes yep um i'm jealous that you are, have made it through the first two seasons of ds9 because i'm Oof. doing the same thing right now I'm, I'm i've never made it past season two and i'm in the early i'm, I'm in early season two right now and i'm like i can't do, i i know that there's goodness coming because everybody says oh yeah it gets great after three and four and I'm like, it's killing me. I don't want to jump ahead. Like, I'm going to make right. myself get through it. But, yeah, man, it's I, I can't wait for the payoff. Well, the the other uh, Star Trek podcast that I listen to is The Greatest Generation, and they are going through Deep Space Nine episode by episode and are not afraid to rip it a new one if it's terrible. <laughs> so that's, that's therapeutic, and it makes even the bad episodes worth watching, knowing that there's an, going to be an hour-long episode of people laying into it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I I'm I'm out of notes for this one. I don't know about you guys. Uh, yeah, that's the. Uh, I, I'm so excited to find out uh, how what Spock's answer is. Yeah. Before we do that, though, I think Kevin, we need to. You know, you're our guest. You're a first time yeah. guest on the show. Sure. Um, do you have any Do you have any voyage home like memories you want to share? Do you remember the first time you saw it? Did you get to see it in the theater or did you see it on, you know, VHS or HBO? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. What what year did it come out? Uh, 86? 86. 86. Oh, I know it's 86 because I re, when I rewatched it, it was dedicated to the Space Shuttle Challenger crew. That's so right. that, that yeah. certainly dates it. Yeah, so I was eight and I, I vaguely remember seeing it in the theater and I liked it a, a, a heck of a lot at the time. And it's to my surprise... Uh, aged well like the i mean star trek is often accused of virtue signaling uh it's progressive you know politics and it's never more obvious than in a movie like this when you're like uh okay how can we turn save the whales into a movie a, a plot <laughs> <laughs> and just everything like if you sketch it out you're like this makes no sense unless they started in the writer's room with save the whales that is our premise right how how does how did the star trek people save the whales uh, and so despite that, you know, just ridiculously liberal, uh, politics of it, not that I disagree, uh, it still does well. I loved in particular how whenever they're in the past, they, uh, like their cultural differences come across as just being crazy. Like I love check whenever Chekhov is under arrest and just says innocently, may I go now? <laughs> and it's so perfect for the character because he just, he doesn't understand the culture that he's in or even that he's in trouble. Uh, Cause much the way we might not think we were in trouble. If we found ourselves in 16th century England, we'd be like, guys, I gotta, I gotta run. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's amazing to me that this, uh, that this does so well on a, on a rewatch after this much time. Hmm. 
Absolutely. So was this was it then maybe was this the first Star Trek you saw in theaters? Oh goodness, that's a good question. Um, it could have been. I guess Star Trek Three would have been a couple of years prior to that. I have the fuzziest memories of of you know my early years of Star Trek. I remember starting to watch Next Generation in 1987, and I remember being an established Star Trek fan. You know, whenever that happened. Uh, but it was only just in the haze of my early childhood that I watched the the movies prior to that, and not to mention the original series. It was just here and there, and even to this day, I'm making my way through Deep Space Nine. Mm. I'm not I'm not sounding like much much of a Star Trek fan, but right now I'm watching Deep Space Nine, and I've never watched the original series all the way through. Well, those are good goals, man. And you know what? You're in yeah. good company here. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's no, there are no Star Trek completists on this podcast. Yeah, right? there you hey, go. You have, Dave, you haven't watched everything, right? No, I, we were actually just talking about that yesterday, about Voyager. And uh, I, I think I stopped that after like the first couple of seasons. And I think I only have watched maybe half of the first season of Enterprise. And yeah, yeah it's always it's always a goal. Like you sit home and you're like, man, I'm, I'm going to start watching like Deep Space Nine. But then you start watching like the first season and you're like, man, this is rough. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a full season too. It's a big commitment. Yeah. Like, you know, 22 hour long episodes of not that great stuff. You're like, yeah, Man. It's, it's a, it's a struggle to get through. Enterprise got so good after everybody, including me stopped watching it. Like my friend, <laughs> my friend Ryan forced me to watch some later season episodes and they were written by like published Star Trek novelists. And they, they like brought fans in to write plot lines and suddenly it's really good. You're like, Oh, Damn, if only this had been the first season. But Star Trek has a long and proud tradition of needing to get its feet under it. Like, I think the most amazing accomplishment of mm-hmm. Picard uh, is just how it's just out the gate, very watchable, and you're in. Right. Like, even Discovery, which I enjoy fine, but even if I had just flipped it on and not known what Star Trek was, there's no way I would have made it through the first few episodes. It was, it was just okay. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I think that's what we suffer through. That is our struggle as... Star Trek fans is we have to, we have to be patient and take the wheat and the chaff together. Exactly. Yeah. We've learned to be patient, right? We get like, mm-hmm. give it time, right? Give right. it time. That should be my new Star Trek t-shirt, Dave. Just give it time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> you should make it, put it on Patreon, a, a thing that says it gets good in season three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, why don't we, why don't we wrap it up guys? Um, we've got, we got, we got a, finish off this cliffhanger so we need to get to the next minute but uh we'd be able to come back kevin a couple days join i think us again. I, I i think i can i'm clearing my awesome. schedule now awesome awesome well again it's patreon week here guys so if you want to uh if you want to also become a patron if you're not already head out to star trek minute.com click the become a patron link just like kevin did i did and, uh uh sign up and uh all sorts of swag and good fun stuff i we uh hope you enjoy it and uh look forward to it Please and thank you. And uh, we'll be back again uh, in a couple days talking about Minute 114 of Voyage Home. Mm -hmm. You're at Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. Goodbye.